Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. So grateful for that. And, and guess what? The devil's going to get his butt beat again this morning. Amen. Because you guys are here. I know we got a lot missing because of the, the snow. And I just, I love springtime. I just love it. This is great. I asked a few of you that I thought were honest people if winter was over. Oh, yeah, Pastor, winter's over. And all I see is white out there today. So, well, listen, I want to jump right into this this morning. I'm a little, a little hoarse, but I will get my voice back at some point. Um, you know, before we came here, Candace and I were, were at, were at a, a, a church in Wyoming, and one of the best parts of being in Wyoming was you could kind of leave in any direction on foot or by car, by ATV, and you could find these amazing uh, freshwater streams coming down from the mountain. And I would, I would just kind of walk from my house. I would drive over to the national park and I would grab a chair. Most of the time I didn't have a chair and I would walk maybe a half mile or so. It wasn't far. And I would get to this, this just rushing water stream. And it was all coming from the mountain. It was all snow melt. And I would kind of jump on some rocks and kind of get to the nicest, smoothest rock in the middle of these streams where I could just sit there and didn't matter how, and you can't get in the water, it's just, just flat out too cold, but you could sure take your shoes and socks off and you could put your feet in that water and it was just so comforting just to hear that rushing water, that fresh water coming down from the mountain. And, and I want you guys to experience that from God. I want you to experiencing, experience the rushing water of the Holy Ghost in your life. I want you to be able to experience what God wants to do to make you clean daily and to refresh you and to give you an amazing hope for your future, to not be down about what you're seeing going on in this world, to not look at the news and be devastated. How many of you know that your life is not about listening to what the news says? Your life is about listening to what God has already told you in his word, amen? And I want to read something to you now, just to remind you, you know, preaching is about proclamation and, and teaching is about explanation. This morning, I want to preach a little bit um, on a couple of topics that I believe uh, we all need to know a little bit more about. And I'm going to start here in Ezekiel chapter 47 in the New King James. And this is all part of the vision that God has given Ezekiel. And he's talking, he's, he's, God has given him instructions, and he's seeing these visions about the temple. And he says here in verse, verse 1, um, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits 
and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the waters and the water came to my knees. And again, he measured another 1,000 cubits and brought me through and the water came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was so deep and the water in which one must swim, a river that would not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and enters into the sea. So I want y'all to listen to this very carefully. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because the waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes or flows. And it's, this is a description. There's a lot of different takeaways here that I'm not going to get into this morning. But what I want to talk about is the fresh water of God. Some of you have too much salt water in your life. And you need the fresh water to come and heal the pool of salt water that you have been standing in. There's some things that are holding us back in our life from experiencing and understanding the value that we have in Christ Jesus. I want to give you guys this quick example. I I saw this many years ago and I was reminded of it um, through prayer. And so I've got this... uh, Empty pizza box. No, I didn't eat this last night. Okay. And I look at this pizza box, and, and it, it's just, it's just a, probably a 40-cent box or less that Domino's Pizza orders. And I was thinking this ex- about this example from many years ago. I believe I probably even used it at one point or another. And I just want you all to imagine your home and you're hungry. I mean, some of you, when you're hungry, you get hangry, right? Right? Most of the women in here get very hangry. Even without, even with food, women in here get angry. Anyways, I'm preaching the truth. Don't shout me down. And so you, you're, you're, you're a hangry woman, and you want to order some food for your family. You don't want to cook. And so you, you order from your favorite local pizza place, and you're just so tired from working all day, and you order it, you don't want to pick it up, even though it's a better deal to get carry out, by the way, right? And so you order it, and they deliver it, and you open the door, and the pizza guy has the pizza sitting directly on his hand. And you open the door and you're stunned and you're dumbfounded because there's your pepperoni pizzas now got grease and cheese rolling down the arm of your favorite pizza person. <laughs> I don't know. Just go with it, all right? I'm going to get to a point at some point in the next 35 minutes. And so you're, you're like, what is the deal? And what is your first question? You, you ask your pizza, pizza guy, where's the box for the pizza? That's gross. 
How many of you know that there's no value in this box unless a product of great value is placed in it? How many of you know that the packaging does not make the product worthwhile, that the product makes the packaging worthwhile? How many of you understand today that you are packaging? That you are a vessel, or supposed to be, a vessel of God that houses the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That houses the person of the Holy Ghost. And some of you don't realize the value that you... How do I know that you don't realize the value? Because I listen to you talk about yourself. I listen to you put yourself down. I listen to you second-guess your choices. I listen to you be insecure. I listen to you completely insult yourself at times. Today we came to church not because of packaging. We came to church today because of the, the product. And the product is Jesus. It's a product you don't need an extended warranty on. It's a product you don't need to read reviews on. It's a product that never will fail you, a product that is always there for you, a product that was raised through blood, through the shedding of blood, through the sacrifice, through the giving of life, through the, the spikes, through the 39 stripes, through the crown of thorns, through the plucking of the beard, through the beating. Jesus gave up his life for you. God sent his son, Jesus put a human suit on and he zipped it up and he, he came not as a king, he came, came as a, a servant to man. And I get really upset lately, and I've got on to a few of you, I get really upset because this is one of the greatest weaknesses that I've carried in my life is insulting and downing myself for either a current or past mistake. And allowing my mindset to gravitate in the area that God does not want me or you to go. So you made a mistake. The next question is, after your mistake, did you go to God and repent? Because if you didn't go to God and repent, that mistake is still floating around right now unresolved. The person that hurts you, have you forgiven them? Have you accomplished these Biblical Christianity 101 steps or are you still sitting around playing the American Christian game that oh I, I'll deal with that later that's not a big deal to God but God says if you cannot forgive them I will not forgive you that's applicable to every single person the packaging does not bring value to the product. The product brings value to the packaging. We concentrate so much on the outside and, that, and thus we neglect what's going on on the inside. And sometimes we neglect so much on the inside of us, we end up neglecting the outside because we're so depressed and don't know how to fix the problem. Jesus already told us how to fix the problem. Spend time with him. 
spend time in his presence. I'm not going to preach long today, but I want you to know today your value in God is way greater than you even think it is. Because when you accept Jesus as your Savior and he sends his spirit to live on the inside of you, your life will begin to change, but you have to allow the change to occur. Change occurs through fire. Change occurs through heartache and heartbreak. Change occurs when you allow God to refine you with that fire and mold you and stretch you and make you into the man or woman of God that he has called you to be. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 4 says this, Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit in which God's sight is very precious. You don't have to be loud to get your point across. You don't have to be audacious to get your point across. Sometimes being that meek and that quiet person that God has called us to be is what impacts the lives of other people, that calmness. A true leader does not need to ever be boastful. A true leader for God does not need to go through all of these things that have been accomplished and all of these awards that have been received. A true leader, a true follower of Christ lets the fruit of his or her life be the edification and the only edification that needs to be there. Hope you guys are listening this morning in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient. When I work with the homeless, we didn't call them the homeless. It was considered a rude term. We didn't call them any of the terms that you guys have heard for somebody that is without a job and without a place to live, but we did have to call them something. So with the Salvation Army and Open Door Mission, we use the title transients. And when I was at Salvation Army at, at 20 years old and, and I was helping to pastor drug addicts and alcoholics, during the day, at 3 o'clock every day, the transients would come in so that they could get their dinner, they could get their cot where they were going to sleep that night, and then they would be, be able to get a shower and be ready for chapel at 7 p.m. They were transitioning. And that at 6 a.m. every day, they had to leave the building so that we could resume the rehab that we had for the people that were in the nine-month program. And the next day would start again and the same transients would come the, the same day, the next day, the week after, and they would come in and I knew their names and I knew who they were and I knew why they had specific injuries because they told me. Jesus cares about the injuries in your life. He cares about how you've been a transient Christian. You're transient because you don't understand the value that you have. You believe because you got a divorce 
that you have less value in the kingdom of God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You believe that you're transient because you've got an addiction that you can't seem to get past and you're still pleading and you're struggling and you're seeking God. What you should be concerned and viewing is that you are pleading and you're struggling with God. You are with God as you are struggling and God is the solution. Somebody say amen this morning. Wake up a little bit. It's spring. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, let me read it to you in its entirety, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption, can I tell you that that? Our son Cooper, before we adopted him, he had value in God. And even though the mom, before she was saved, she had predestined that he would be aborted, because she got saved, now the conviction from the Holy Spirit that was resting inside of her said, no, I'm going to have this baby. This baby was out of wedlock. This, this was a mistake, but I am saved now, and I will not kill this child. Hallelujah. Right? And so this woman, y'all know the story, this woman gets saved in our church, and months later, the, the couple that comes in to see this child that we weren't even sure was going to be an adoption, she sees me, and she says, Pastor Court, and she starts crying because she realized in that very moment before Candace and I even knew that that little Cooper was saved so that we could be his parents. When you understand the spirit of adoption that God has put you in and plucked you out of this society and plucked you out of this world to save you and set you free, you won't walk around depressed anymore. You won't walk around addicted to pills anymore because you will understand value, value that was created right there. Some of you have forgotten about that. And when you don't know your value, you're never going to appreciate the fresh water of God that wants to come into your life. You're always going to be walking around complaining about yourself, complaining about everybody else, and critiquing yourself and everybody else. This church doesn't need people critiquing other people. Critique yourself the right way by examining yourself before God and saying, God, what can I do in my life to be closer to you? So we go on here. He predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted and the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, 
having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he together, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one of all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And this is a lot to unload, but it sure is powerful. That we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. He is the guarantee. See, when you accept Christ, and some of this is why we need to get back to Christianity 101. We need to stop skipping steps. I realize that you love the study of Revelation and eschatology and the book. I understand that all those things are important. But if you don't know the value you have in Christ, all that revelation is never going to truly sink in. Your value is about his righteousness. Your value is about his blood. Your value is about his sacrifice. Your value is not about how much you attend church or how much you're involved or how much you serve or how much you give. These are all great and wonderful things to do and many of them are commandments and mandates of the Lord. But they're not gonna make you happy. They're not gonna give you joy. Cooper never runs around and says, I mean, he's, he's starting to talk pretty good. If you know, if you speak in tongues, he talks good. <laughs> Interpretation of tongues, right? The other day, I thought it was funny. He, he was upstairs, we were all upstairs, and he pushed over this, because we like to keep our laundry baskets in the middle of the hallway. You know, just to have an obstacle course to have fun for us all. I mean, why move from one bedroom to another without tripping over something? So there's this big, it was actually a new laundry basket that I got. And Cooper runs up, pushes it over. Underwear and socks go flying all over the place. I said, Cooper... You need to take those clothes and you need to put them in a laundry basket. He held up his little Western six shooter. <laughs> I'm not, make this up, I can't make it up. And he said, I said, What did you say to me? Said it again a little bit slower. 
He was refusing to pick up the clothes. Can you imagine a two-year-old refusing to pick up the basket that he just spilled out? I was, I, at this point, I'm, I'm angry. And Candace is sitting in the chair just looking at this unfold. No pun intended. I don't know if they're clean or dirty. I think they're clean. And so I grab him. He's refusing to do the work his daddy is telling him to do. So I grab his hands. I, I grab his left hand on his wrist. I grab his right hand on his wrist. And I start using his hands to pick up all the clothes. Right? And I'm like, there is a sermon in this. I just, I can't get to it. And I still can't get to it, but I wanted you to tell you a great story of our, our home and our child, okay? <laughs> How many of you know that, that we have a father that doesn't just demand us to do things? He'll put his arms around us and he will help us pick those things up and put it where they're supposed to be. He knows sometimes we're just not going to do it on our own because we're rebellious. And we seem to like to do things the hard way before we do things the righteous way. And we seem to like to do things so that we can be right. When God is not calling us to be right, he's calling us to be righteous. There's a difference. He puts his arm around us and he helps us pick up the things in our life that he knows may be little things, but they amount to so much more. How many of you guys actually make your bed in the morning? Raise your hand. Yeah? And the rest of you are failures. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Which would make me and Candace utter failures. You know, listen, there's a lot of theories about making your bed in the morning. I totally get it. I totally get it. I, I, I can agree with about half those theories. Most days, we're just like, we're grateful that we got up, right? We're grateful that everybody was healthy. We're grateful that the cars work and we're grateful that we have a great, you know, sometimes I think we get so caught up in the little things that we forget about all the amazing things that God did the day before and the night before. I'm not telling you guys not to make your bed, but I am asking you to consider that, amen. <laughs> So I want to say just a couple of words real quickly um, of your value to God. We just read it in Ephesians, but the first one is you are valuable because he is. You're valuable because he created you to be a vessel to house the Holy Spirit. You're valuable because when you listen and you obey what the Spirit is telling you to do, you can actually live your life free from addictions, free from worrying about this world, free from worrying about your flesh, free from all these things that we take for granted and we think, oh, we, we, we can't really escape these things. No, Jesus told us that we can do greater we can do greater things. You can have 30, 60, 100 fold. 
And many of the reasons why we don't have those things is because not only does our mind not work properly without knowing the word of God, but when your mind doesn't work properly, your mouth doesn't work properly. And if your mouth doesn't work properly, now you have confessed all of these terrible, horrible things. How many of you in your lifetime have had a major headache Y'all remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? I think it was, he, he was like a kindergarten teacher or something. Right? And, and the little kid, he said, oh, I got a, I got a headache. I don't know. I can't do a Schwarzenegger voice. I won't even try. He says, I got a, I got a headache. And the little boy stands up. He's like, Can I, and he, he goes, it's probably a tumor. Schwarzenegger, it's not a tumor. You guys remember that movie? You're going to go like search for it today. Yeah. I don't even know if it's good. I don't know what it's rated. But. but how many of you have kind of taken that road of, oh, man, I got pain in my head. I got pain in my side. I got pain in my back. And you automatically, oh, man, it's probably cancer. Y'all are doing this. And that's funny to me because you call me about these things. Uh-huh. Let me just expose some people right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But seriously, we sometimes just gravitate to the negative side of things. And God is saying, what are you doing? You are my precious kid that I died for. And he just says, enough of that. You are valuable because of what you cost. Ephesians 1 Six and seven, he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You are valuable because of the cost that he paid for you. How many of you agree that a Rolex watch costs a little bit more than a fossil watch? Right? How many of you understand that a, a VW bug is going to cost you less than a brand new for $3,500, that's $100,000. There's, there's value is placed based on what the need is. I don't need a Rolex watch. Does anybody really need a Rolex? If you have a Rolex watch, I want to see it before you leave today because I don't think I've ever seen one up close. I've been pastoring in the country most of my life. Praise God. <laughs> we believe in Casio. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, it was really I wasn't joking actually um, so you're valuable because of who he is you're valuable because of what you cost and you're valuable because of what you can become you guys are sitting here today I hope with the intention that you want to become greater in Christ to become greater you have got to start dying daily you got to die. Let's do a new t-shirt. If you want to die, come to Destiny House. I thought about, hey, if you want to get pregnant, come to Destiny But y'all didn't like that one. It was a spiritual t-shirt. Don't look at me that way if y'all don't remember. You know, come to Destiny House where you can get pregnant. We had a lot of people having babies. Get over it. All right? It's a good thing. 
Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to close with this. Worship team, y'all can come up. Quick message today. Matthew chapter 10, 14 of 16. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave the house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Did you guys catch that Sodom and Gomorrah hasn't been judged yet? Did you guys catch that in there? Then he goes on to say, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of other sheep. Did I read that wrong? Oh, that's it. It says sheep in the midst of wolves, right? So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. It is amazing that we get so, so much in an uproar when things are difficult in our life. But Jesus promised us things were going to be difficult in our life in serving him. He says that we are going to be as sheep going into a world of wolves that want to devour and kill us. They want to destroy our lives. The Bible tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we walk around surprised when we're attacked by the enemy. Don't you think, look at your neighbor and say, don't you think that's a bit stupid? Look at your neighbor. You don't have to call them stupid. You guys are not participating very well today. God has so much value wrapped up in us as his kids. And this should be a message that you guys can take away today and say, you know what? I have got to start recognizing the value that I have in Jesus and not trying to create value for myself. You are already the most valuable that you're ever going to be because Jesus is not changing. He's not going backwards and raising up your past sin. He's not getting on to you for something that you have already come to him about. He is saying, court, I value you because I am God. I am your dad. And I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. For some of you, y'all stand with me, please. We're just going to do one song this morning to close out. But before we go in a couple of minutes, I just want you guys to close your eyes real quickly. I have a short service today. I want you to ask yourself, in what area of my life have I thought about or even verbalized this this week that I devalued myself? I devalued my ability in God. I devalued who God has created me to be. I devalued the gifts and the blessings that God has given me. I've devalued through 
complaining. I've devalued through criticizing. I've devalued through gossip and slander. I've devalued. What gives us the right to think that we have the ability to devalue somebody else based on how they look? God simply said, I don't look at the outward appearance like man. I look at the heart. I judge what's coming out of the heart. You know, I think back all these times, I I think about, just like I said a few minutes ago, that freshwater stream. I just believe that even if we just put our toes and those fresh waters of God, we're going to experience revival. We're going to experience some deep calls to deep like we've never experienced before, but we've got we've to get into that river with God. We can't stand on the shoreline. We can't stand on the side and say, God, I need you to come get me and pull me in. God is saying, listen, If you're hurt, if you're bleeding, if you're maimed, if you're crippled, if you're in great health, if you're in bad health, just go ahead and throw yourself right in. I will take care of the rest. He is waiting on us to just maybe just stick our toe in the water and be refreshed. When you're refreshed by God, you begin to understand your value in him, your value. And and listen, I don't come to church today in order to build value in myself and feel good about myself. I come to church in order to worship the living God that gave his life for me. I don't come to church to meet new people or get hugs or hear an I love you. I come to church to meet with the living God to preach his word that he has called me to preach, whether it's popular or not, whether it's received or not. The will of God means doing what he has called you to do, no matter what the outcome is, no matter what the consequence is. I still think about the quote that I had read a couple weeks ago that I shared with you guys, I believe on a Wednesday night, that... Many pastors and evangelists, they are lions in the pulpit, but they're mere rabbits in the secular world. They're they're powerful in the pulpit and then they're timid when they leave the church. That's not what God is looking for. God is looking for a generation to stand up and say, this is wrong, and to get us on the right track to be righteous means Jesus has to come back to the zip code. The people have to say yes to I believe there's still people in this very church that have not said, Jesus, I completely accept you as my Lord and my Savior in minute. And I don't say that out of judgment to you. I say that out of fear for you. You should fear your heavenly father. In a righteous way, you should fear him. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, court, I I just, I'm not even sure if I have a relationship with Jesus today. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about it. And let's, let's just be real. You don't need to get offended. 
don't need to pass this off as just another salutation from a minister that wants you to say some words. I don't want you to say anything or do anything unless you are ready and the Lord has called you to do that. I believe he has today. you to think about right now if you're that person in this room today I don't care if you've been in this church for 40 years if you don't have a relationship with Jesus where are you going to be at the moment of your death if you're also here today and you would fall in another category that says you know what I have been devaluing myself I need to know more. I need to study more. I need to spend more time with God. And I, I, I need to understand my value in Christ Jesus. If you're in that second category, will you raise your hand real quick? You can put it right back down. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, I, I got to go deeper. I've got to strive harder. I gotta do it for my family, I gotta do it for my God, I gotta do it for my eternity. If you're in that first category of people that may not have a relationship with Jesus, I want us to pray this prayer. And I don't want you to just repeat after me. I want you to mean it with all that you are and confess it, believe who Jesus really is. Brother David.